This is the Animals Voice Podcast, presented by the Ontario SPCA, with 50 communities working together for animal welfare. Here's the host of Animals Voice, Jamie West. Thanks for tuning in to another edition of the podcast on OSPCA Radio. Great show on the way. Don't forget to text OSPCA to 45678 to make a $5 donation to the Ontario SPCA. Later in the show, we'll talk with John Sharp from IAMS about how important collaboration is to better animal welfare and inform you on issues that matter. But first, we begin the podcast with a look ahead to this year's OSPCA Educational Conference. Joining us is Dave Wilson, Director of Shelter Health and Wellness with the Ontario SPCA. Dave, it's great to talk to you today. Hey, Jamie, how are you? I'm terrific. Can you uh, explain what your role is at the Ontario SPCA? Sure, and it's a fairly newly created role uh, from a fairly newly created department. Uh, We've only been around now for just a couple of months. But um, it's an evolving field uh, that we're realizing that uh, shelter health just alone and addressing wellness issues, addressing um, enrichment issues of the needs of the animals while they're in our care is becoming increasingly important. And it actually needed dedicated personnel and a dedicated department to go with it. So I basically head up a department of uh, essentially a department of three. Uh, I have my chief veterinary officer who uh, I report to, and then we have a shelter assistant who works for us. And then essentially, as a department, we move forward to address uh, any disease issues that come up at any of our branches um, or any emerging health issues that may develop through our animal population or even any concerns that we develop with any human diseases as well. Interesting. It it's, sounds like you're sort of a public officer of health for animals in, and in the various shelters throughout the communities. Absolutely. Good way of describing it, yeah. What's the Ontario SPCA Educational Conference? This is a, uh, an annual event uh, for us. This year is our first year we're moving it to Ottawa. Uh, we used to have it uh, near Aurelia at uh, Casino Rama, but basically we outgrew um, Casino Rama, so we're moving it to Ottawa. Uh, first time in the nation's capital, so that's a, a new venue for us. It basically is a, a chance for... Um, in the past, it's been all of Ontario to come together. This year, it's all of Canada coming together uh, for a chance for delegates to attend some great continuing education uh, seminars with some external experts that we're bringing in. Uh, and then they just get a chance to, to socialize, to meet some people face-to-face that they've only met by email, um, get some great information, and learn some of the folks at the uh, Ontario SPCA that they can actually uh, interact with even better. Dave, who all attend? the uh, conference? This year it's an expanding list. Uh, we've got delegates coming from British Columbia, Alberta. Uh, we've got some delegates from Quebec and Nova Scotia. And then this year almost all of our communities, and our communities are basically made up of our branches of the Ontario SPCA and uh, the humane societies that exist across the province. Practically all those communities are sending delegates this year. So um, it's a large group. And then we do have uh, some extra folks that are coming this year. This is the first year that we do have some rescue groups that are also attending. Um, And it ties in nicely with the theme of collaboration for this year's conference. Dave, what do the delegates get out of the conference? They get, they get a chance to uh, actually hear some, and I'm going to say world-class speakers, because we are bringing in speakers who do present at national and international conferences all across North America. Uh, so um, some of our own folks will be there uh, to lead some roundtable discussions and, and some smaller group discussions, but the larger uh, presentations are coming from uh, experts in, in uh, investigations with the ASPCA. You may be familiar if I say the Michael Vick uh, dogfighting case, and that 
right. most people can re- recall that, right? Of course. Um, the ASPCA is actually coming to present how they process that case and how they move forward with rehabilitating as many of those dogs as possible into uh, adoption homes. So they get a chance to actually see from the people that were on the ground at the time of the investigation, get a chance to actually hear what it was like from them and then learn uh, how a major investigation per- actually proceeds. We've got other topics in um, um, uh, operations, in finance, um, in animal welfare, and other areas of shelter health as well. Sounds like collaboration is uh, in play big time with the conference. How important is that to animal welfare, in your opinion, Dave? It's, it's a, a big deal for us. Um, we, I, I'd say, you know, if you talked to me maybe three years ago, we were probably an organization in isolation, and we've learned a lot of lessons in the past just short couple of years um, that we now reach out. Uh, we realize that there is massive benefits out there to actually hooking up with other people that may be going through something similar or that we can share our expertise with or that they can share their expertise with us so that we're not all just existing in a vacuum. Uh, we're not all trying to make it on our own. That coming together as a, as a, a collective group, um, we're, we're greater than the sum of our parts. We really are. And by this year, uh, inviting some of the rescue groups, we realize that they're also an active part of it. We really don't know very much about them, so we're at bringing them to the table this year to actually ask them to speak about what their mission is and what it is they do on a day-to-day basis as well. And you guys invite corporate sponsors as well as the outside agencies uh, to participate in this uh, huge uh, national uh, event. Um, why is that important, do you think? Uh, for, for a couple of reasons, and I'm sure John Sharp will, will talk a little bit uh, more about this later on in, in the podcast. Um, it's, it's important financially because these conferences, uh, they're, they're not cheap to put on. Uh, if you want quality, you do pay for it, and, and we accept that. Um, we do want to put on uh, a national class event uh, this year, and that does cost a fair bit of funding. There are uh, sponsors of people like IAMS. Uh, there are, are some of our pharmaceutical partners that are all stepping up to provide funding for the conference and then also to provide educational material for our delegates as well. So it's a chance for uh, the companies to also send some of their delegates to learn from frontline staff in the animal welfare field that are doing the job every day and also take back to their senior managers the kind of job and the kind of work that we're doing so it can help to better uh, interaction between the companies and between our organizations. Dave, when does the conference take place? This year it's uh, June 10th to 12th. Uh, It starts on the Sunday and runs to the Tuesday inclusive. And uh, we we kick everything off on June 10th with uh, uh, there is some preliminary work with the annual general meeting. But then it's the uh, afternoon sessions where we welcome our our rather famous guest speakers from the ASPCA talking about their uh, large case investigations that they uh, did just a couple of years ago. Dave, congratulations uh, on uh, the appointment as director of uh, Shelter Health and Wellness. Obviously a very important and positive uh, development uh, for the OSPCA and for animal welfare in general. And uh, good luck with uh, this year's conference. Sounds like it's going to be uh, well worth it and, and a lot of information exchanged and a lot of great ideas hopefully will come out of that. Absolutely. Um, we're, we're really excited and there's a lot of us here that are starting to kind of count down the days of the calendar coming up to <laughs> June the 10th. Thanks for this, Dave. Thanks so much, Jamie. I really appreciate it. Take care. There's Dave Wilson, Director of Shelter Health and Wellness with the Ontario SPCA. Lots more information you can use coming up on the Animals Voice Podcast on OSPCA Radio. 
Here's something that employers might want to take note of. Apparently taking your pet to work can be a good thing for reducing work-related stress, according to a new study. Stress is a major contributor to employee absenteeism, morale and burnout, and results in significant loss of productivity and resources. But a preliminary study published in the March issue of the International Journal of Workplace Health Management found that dogs in the workplace may buffer the impact of stress during the workday for their owners and make the job more satisfying for those with whom they come into contact. The VCU researchers compared employees who bring their dogs to work, employees who do not bring their dogs to work, and employees without pets in the areas of stress, job satisfaction, organizational commitment, and support. Although preliminary, this study provides the first quantitative study of the effects of employees' pet dogs in the workplace setting on employee stress, job satisfaction, support, and commitment, said principal investigator Randolph Barker. Pet presence may serve as a low-cost wellness intervention readily available to many organizations and may enhance organizational satisfaction and perceptions of support, he says. Of course, it's important to have policies in place to ensure only friendly, clean, and well-behaved pets are present in the workplace. How did the zebra get its stripes? It's a question that's been asked for centuries. If there was a just-so story for how the zebra got its stripes, I'm sure that Rudyard Kipling would have come up with an amusing and entertaining camouflage explanation, but would he have come up with the explanation that Gabor Horvath and colleagues from Hungary and Sweden have? that zebra stripes stave off blood-sucking insects. The latest research appears in the Journal of Experimental Biology. Horseflies deliver nasty bites, carry disease, and distract grazing animals from feeding. According to Horvath, these insects are attracted to horizontally polarized light because reflections from water are horizontally polarized and aquatic insects use this phenomenon to identify stretches of water where they can mate and lay eggs. However, Blood-sucking female horseflies are also guided to victims by linearly polarized light reflected from their hides, explaining that horseflies are more attracted to dark horses than to white horses. The team also points out that developing zebra embryos start out with a dark skin, but go on to develop white stripes before birth. The team wondered whether the zebra's stripy hide might have evolved to disrupt their attractive dark skins and make them less appealing to the voracious bloodsuckers. Traveling to a horsefly-infested farm near Budapest, the team tested how attractive these blood-sucking insects found black and white stripe patterns by varying the width, density, and angle of the stripes and the direction of polarization of the light that they reflected. Trapping attracted insects with oil and glue, the team found that the patterns attracted fewer flies as the stripes became narrower, with the narrowest stripes attracting the fewest horseflies. The team then tested the attractiveness of white, dark, and striped horse models. Suspecting that the striped horse would attract an intermediate number of flies between the white and dark models, the team was surprised to find that the striped model was the least attractive of all. Finally, when the team measured the stripe widths and polarization patterns of light reflected from real zebra hides, they found that the zebra's pattern correlated well with the patterns that were least attractive to horseflies. We conclude that zebras have evolved a coat pattern in which the stripes are narrow enough to ensure minimum attractiveness to horseflies, says the team. And they add the selection pressure for striped coat patterns as a response to blood-sucking horseflies is probably high in this region. 
That sounds like a lot of scientific talk, doesn't it? But it tells you why zebras don't attract a lot of horseflies. Here are a few interesting facts about cats. Female cats tend to be right pod, while male cats are more often left pod. Interestingly, while 90% of humans are right-handed, the remaining 10% of lefties also tend to be male. A cat can't climb headfirst down a tree because every claw on a cat's paw points the same way. To get down from a tree, a cat must back down. Did you know that cats make about 100 different sounds and dogs make only about 10? A cat's brain is biologically more similar to a human brain than it is a dog's. Both humans and cats have identical regions in their brains that are responsible for emotions. I guess we're closer to our pets than we think we are sometimes. And finally, there are more than 500 million domestic cats in the world, with approximately 40 recognized breeds. The Ontario SPCA is always looking for your continued support. Check out our website, ontariospca.ca, and find out how a small donation can make a huge difference in the lives of the animals we care for. Don't forget to like us on Facebook at the official Ontario SPCA page. The Animal's Voice podcast continues on OSPCA Radio. Once again, here's Jamie West. It's no secret that many hands make light work, and when it comes to animal welfare, collaboration is critical and is happening more than ever before. Joining me to discuss the issue is John Sharp, Business Development Manager with IAMS. John, welcome to the podcast. Great to talk to you today. Great. Great to be here. Thanks, Jamie. John, tell us a little bit about IAMS and and what you guys do. Uh, Well, IAMS really had some humble beginnings, Jamie. It was founded... uh, by our founder, Paul F. Imes, back in uh, the 1940s. And um, he, he actually started producing his own dog food to feed his own dogs because he was really unhappy with what was available. And then shortly thereafter, he uh, started production of dog and cat food under the Imes brand name, and that was back in uh, 1946. Just seems like yesterday. <laughs> I'm sure it does. John, as the uh, business development manager at IAMS, what's your role? Uh, well, that's a good question, and it's, and it's constantly changing. But um, I have several responsibilities. Uh, you know, I have responsibilities uh, in Canada for our professional markets, and, and these are the folks that deal with, with dogs and cats on more of a professional manner versus uh, – you know, the home uh, pet environment. And so I, I lead a group across Canada that works closely in partnership with service animals, law enforcement, and, of course, animal welfare groups. John, how important is collaboration to IAMS? That's a great question and, and one that's not easily answered. But really, when, <clears throat> pardon me, when I think of collaboration, I, I feel it's paramount in all aspects of our business. Uh, I would say it is one of the keys to our success, quite frankly. And apart from manufacturing quality diets, we also need to know and understand the industry in which we do business. And and certainly partnering with uh, external organizations uh, helps us gain great insights uh, that guides us towards uh, 
fulfilling our mission on a daily basis, and that's to enhance the well-being of of more dogs and more cats. It just seems like a natural uh, trend to be going uh, in this direction, uh, John, in so many ways, uh, given the fact that uh, the interest in um, in pets and pet ownership and companion animals and and caring for dogs and cats and uh, is just on the increase everywhere. I mean, everybody either has a dog or knows somebody that has a dog or a cat, right? Yeah, that's right, for sure. Collaboration is a huge role in animal welfare. Can you share what organizations you've been working with and their programs uh, you've been part of that will help animal welfare? Uh, yeah, sure. I mean, it's involved. It's evolved over time. We've got a long history of working with different organizations, uh, not only here in Canada but internationally. And so, uh, just a few examples of some of the things that we've been, you know, real proud to be a part of the collaboration is is uh, one of the nicest programs that I've seen in animal welfare and and uh, homing in a long time is a program called Meet Your Match, and it was. Uh, it was developed by Dr. Emily Weiss in the U.S. in conjunction with the ASPCA. And that's a, an adoption matching program where, where people uh, looking to adopt a, either a dog or a cat uh, can go into their local uh, adoption agencies. And if they're, if they're using the Meet the Match program, it really helps them with a few simple steps and guides them into what type of pet is good for their environment and their lifestyle. And so, so that was a program several years ago that, that the IMS company really helped seed and foster and get that, you know, out to as many organizations in North America as possible. So that's one example. Uh, certainly more recently, we've, we've worked on a pilot project here uh, with the Ontario SPCA called High Perch and Go. And so certainly that's not a new concept, uh, but it, but certainly a very costly endeavor. And so, you know, w- without the help of, of, you know, companies laying some groundwork, it, it's hard for some of these nonprofit organizations to get going. And so, so High Perch and Go certainly helps reduce the stress and illness in the cat population in, in the shelter environment and as, as well provides additional comforts and familiarities as they get rehomed and go home to their forever home. So, so that's another project that we're real... Um, uh, pleased to be a part of and certainly proud of and then um, uh, outside of of the the shelter community we've we've certainly done some great work with the pet links corporation uh, and and they certainly work and strive to to rehome lost pets into where they belong and so uh, part of one of our programs with our shelter community is we provide that service to them free of charge which under normal circumstances they might not be able to uh, to afford to have that type of a, a system in place within their shelter. And so people that are adopting dogs or cats um, receive a free lifetime membership through the IMS company that they can register their dog or cat regardless of what community they live in or if they move or anything. And it's a very simple registration online. And if, if, you know, the, the unfortunate happens that they lose their dog or cat either through a move or somebody's left the door open and that, that cat is, uh, dog or cat is found, it's very easy to recover the, the uh, proper owner's information and get them back where they belong. So that's, that's just another example of, 
uh, more than just us and other organizations coming together to collaborate on some great programs to help protect our pets. Boy, those are great examples of, of collaboration and how uh, well it can work. We just heard about the OSPCA Animal Welfare Conference from our previous guest. Uh, why did IAMS choose to get involved in this conference, John, and, and how has IAMS contributed to that conference? Uh, well, it's a very conscious decision for us. We've worked very closely with Kate McDonald and her team at the Ontario SPCA. And, and when Kate uh, and her group brought it to us uh, as what they were trying to do, and, and really it's a collaboration of many industry experts, this was just a real natural fit for us. Um, this conference allows us for sharing and collaborating best practices, not only here in Ontario, but across North America. Uh, and for IMS, it's a fantastic forum to do our part and educate welfare organizations on the importance and the role that quality nutrition plays in, in animal care and welfare. So as a partnering sponsor, you know, that's something we want to support and, and, um, and foster so that, uh, you know, other organizations can can maybe take a lead from what Kate McDonald and her group are doing. It's quite amazing, John, how uh, science has progressed o- over the years, uh, which I know uh, you guys at IAMS employ uh, in the development of, uh, of pet nutrition. Uh, you must, uh, the information here in 2012 must be coming faster than you can almost handle it, I would guess. Yeah, well, really the, the, the growth of, of uh you know, a lot of the good science really happened in the 90s where a lot of, uh, we were getting a lot of new uh, learnings in the 90s at a much faster rate. And so so we've pushed the envelope uh, relatively far at this point, and we're still, we still have some new learnings and developing some new diets that help, you know, increase the health and well-being of dogs and cats. But I'll, I'll tell you, in my tenure with the company, I've, I've, I've seen it grow from, you know, just a few basic diets uh, that look after nutritional, basic nutritional needs, and, and, and we're really able to increase the, the longevity and health, overall health of, of our companion animals threefold since I've joined the company. Well, and again, it all boils down to collaboration, right? You've got to share ideas. You've got to share uh, research results. You've got to share a lot of things to make things move forward and, and work the way that you uh, want them to. Absolutely, and that's one of the keys of this industry is, is we can all we can all share and reapply and, and learn what, from what other folks are doing out there as well. John, thanks so much for the time today. Uh, we'll look forward to seeing you at the conference. All the very best to you and your colleagues at IAMS. Great, Jamie. Thanks. It was a pleasure to be with you, and I hope you enjoy the rest of your day. Take care. There's John Sharp, Business Development Manager with IAMS. The Ontario SPCA is made up of 50 SPCA and Humane Society communities across the province. Check out our website, ontariospca.ca, for a complete list of communities and how you can support the great work they do on behalf of the animals we all love. Thanks for being with us, and don't forget to check us out on Facebook and send your friends the link to our website, ontariospca.ca. And thanks for texting OSPCA to 45678 and making your $5 donation. The Animal's Voice podcast is a production of the Ontario SPCA. For more information and news from our 50 communities, explore our website. And thank you for your kind and continued support. 
Remember, Fix Your Pet. Find out how easy it is at fixyourpet.ca. It's the kindest thing you can do.